We want to begin our service today by wishing all of the mothers in the house a very blessed Mother's Day. And we trust that the service today will be an even added blessing to all of you here. Um, right now we're going to have the sunbeams come and minister in song. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. May God continue to bless you and make you a blessing to not only your kids, but all the other young persons and older persons that you have any um, influence over. Be blessed with this selection this morning. God bless our mothers. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? a glimpse of what your great love is like. Protect our family, Lord. Watch over our business. Amen.
these sunbeams. I'm sure we could do better than that. Okay, at this time, we're going to have a video clip. Uh, Mother's Advice, CBC Mother's Advice. But before we do that, we want to read a passage. Read a passage from Timothy chapter, not Timothy, Titus, sorry. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. See if I could find it here. Okay. Here we go. Titus chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 5. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their own homes to do good and to be submissive to their husbands, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Okay, so we want to look at those video clips, that clip at this time, at uh, CBC Mature Mother's Advice. So take note, especially mothers. What is the most challenging experience you have had as a mother? To do my best as a mother who loved God and for my children to follow in my footsteps. When I had my first children, they were twins, Cindy and Sandy, and uh, 18 months later, I had my son, Tim. So it's, it was like I had triplets, and I would put the three of them in the, in the crib and sing to them and rock it, and when I got tired and get to sleep, I would sit on the cot and put my foot on the crib and rocked them to sleep like that with my foot. I think it was having to leave my some of my children behind when we went to the mission field early in our marriage, my first husband and I, and I had to leave them back for school, some of them, and I homeschooled some, and so those were my, I think, greatest challenges. How would you like for your children to remember you? Well, I'd like for them to remember me as a mother who loved them dearly and, and did my best to instill Christian principles in their lives. As a loving and caring mother, always praying for them. As a loving and caring mother. As a loving, praying, God-fearing mother who was always there for them. To see God in my every step that I take and for them to follow me. What has been your greatest joy as a mother? Is to bring their, my children up to love the Lord. Seeing each one of my children graduate from college and achieve their goals in life. 
for my children to see not only a mother in me, but a good friend. To see them all put faith in the Lord and to live for the Lord, you know, especially Sandy as a missionary. She's really um, taken after her father, really, you know, in the ministry. And that is uh, a really a, a joy to me. I really love that. Oh, to see my children walking in truth. You know, the scripture says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And um, all four of my children are, are saved. They're actively involved in ministry and serving God. And that's the greatest joy of my life. I trust that we will take that advice to heart. Uh, one of the, the blessings of motherhood that my wife Jennifer experienced was when she gave birth to her first daughter. And uh, right now our daughter Janika is going to come and re- do a reading on the virtuous woman. Good morning. A virtuous woman. Here is a short story of a woman who was prejudged because of how she dressed and looked. This story, I believe, we all can relate to in one way or another. I know someone who fits the description, whether in church, home, or the community, so never judge a book by its cover. As I watched from a short distance, I could see this elderly lady walking in my direction. As she walked, I could see that she was a hard-working woman. As she passed on by, I thought to myself, who is this woman and why is her life so hard? Now these questions entered my mind because of how she was dressed. She looked very tacky and although we did not speak to each other, I assumed that she was going through a hard and difficult time in life. The way she looked and came across to me was that she needed help and needed it fast. I wanted to put my hand into my pocket and give her a $10 bill. But then the phrase, never judge a book by its cover. For that same tacky, old, unassuming woman was indeed all woman and the voted wife and mother. The question may be asked, how did I know this? Well, you see, I made up in my mind to give her the money I, I had in my pocket. I caught up to her as she was turning into her yard. I figured she had just arrived from work. She was fumbling for the keys to the house. Then something piqued my curiosity and I had to take the time to find out all I could about this woman. The first persons I spoke to were her children, and oh, the praises they had for her, not because she was their mother, and not because they loved her, but because of her character and personality and who she was in Christ. A godly person who lived what she believed and what she believed was seen and heard in her life. They told me that she was a woman of excellence and virtue. They told me of the many things she made with her hands and the words of wisdom that poured from her lips. In my mind, I felt that her children were being advocates of their mother because of this good report. So I continued my investigation of this woman who at first glance seemed a soft-hearted person who had a very hard time in life. I then spoke to her husband, who at first did not want to talk to me, but I persisted and he gave in. He started by saying that she was a very good woman and that he loved her very much. But I wanted to find out her weaknesses, so I asked questions to that end. He paused for a minute as to collect his thoughts, 
Then his facial expression seemed to have taken him back many years into the past because a magnificent smile filled his face as he began to recall story after story about his honeydew, that's what he called her, some of which made me laugh and cry. By now, I was beginning to see a pattern emerging about this woman, but I did not stop there. I had heard from her children and husband, but these people were so close to her. How could they speak objectively about who she really was and what she was really about? I had found out earlier that she was a godly woman, so I spoke to some of the people she associated with. One of them was an old friend of many years who was in her set. The stories her friend told me about her were unbelievable. This friend went on and on about the many things they did together, singing in the choir and how they served in the church's nursery together and the many hundreds of children they had won for Christ. The many men and women who were permanent fixtures in church, society, lawyers, doctors, and people from all walks of life who had been touched by this woman. The friend told me of the many boards they served on together, by this time, I felt I had known her my whole life. The other people from the church I spoke with gave a similar report. By now, the evidence was mounting, and there was one more person to be interviewed, and it was Miss Noble herself. I then asked permission to speak with her, and she granted it. I knew that I had to ask hard questions that would test her character and see what she was made of. So I began by asking the question, what do you consider to be a good mother in society today? The minute she opened her mouth, I could hear the wisdom and knowledge rolling off her lips as she answered every question that I put to her. She even gave me some good parental advice for the future. Like men on the road to Emmaus, when Jesus spoke to them and later departed, they said to one another, did our hearts not burn within when he spoke to us? It was the same way when she opened her mouth and spoke to me. With all the evidence I collected, I submit to you that she is indeed a woman of distinction and worthy of honor. For character is impeccable and virtue and vision is always seen and heard. Her love for the Lord sustains her. Her children and husband supports her. She is indeed all woman, mother, wife, and friend to the people closest to her. Her arms are always extended to the poor and needy. I will never judge a book by its cover again. I felt I owed her an apology for prejudging her and for insulting her integrity. So I did. But she only smiled and said, may God richly bless you. And may God richly bless every mother out there whose children can speak nothing but praises, whose character and personality is in Christ, whose very words exude wisdom and knowledge and finds Christ as the sustenance of her life especially my mummy, Jennifer Bears. Thank you, Janika. And I trust that all of our mothers here today would aspire to be uh, the virtuous woman. Um, wives, have you, mothers, have you ever wondered whether your husband ever thought about what it would be like to be in labor? Wouldn't you like to see what something like that would have been like? We're going to look at a video clip. Uh, what if the pain of labor could be experienced by men? 
In honor of Mother's Day, these two dads got hooked up to labor simulation machines and get a taste of what it feels like to experience labor contractions. Their wives looked on and got to enjoy every single minute of it. So watch this clip. Did you know that according to women, childbirth is the worst kind of pain there is? And did you know according to women that us men can't handle any of it? Well, did you know that according to men, women exaggerate everything? Everything. That's why we decided to make an appointment with Dr. Julie Masters. Hi, how are you? Oh, good. I'm Dr. Julie Masters. Hi, I'm Dan. Hey. Nice to meet you. Are you guys ready for this experience? <laughs> yeah, ready. What we're going to do today is we're going to put some electrode simulations on your abdomen, which are going to give you some contractions so we can kind of simulate contractions to show what your wife went through during labor. That sounds fun. Well, we're going to hook you up right now. All right. Go ahead and lay back. Okay. What we're doing right now is we're just hooking up the contraction monitor. This reminds me of those uh, infomercials. Nice and tight. Where they're like, nice and tight. Got it? I'm going to have a six-pack after this. You're basically going to electrocute us for an hour? Yes. In a very small way. Just Fantastic. right here in your abdomen. Hi, ladies. Hi. Here are your wives. Hey, guys. Hey. And I'm just going to give you guys a couple little contractions right. just so you can see what it feels like. How are you feeling that? Are you feeling it in your upper belly? I'm feeling it right there. Right now we're going to be starting to simulate a little bit like early labor. Should be, you know, maybe like a two or three out of ten in pain. <laughs> that was early labor. <laughs> i got to remember my breathing. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> Talk to me right now. Now? You're almost getting to like the active stage of labor where okay. it's really getting good. Anything that I just experienced is anywhere close to what I did to you <laughs> all those years ago. I'm sorry. You're like a superhero. You're one tough mama. Mm. Happy Mother's Day. Wow. I, think I, I don't think the last time I laughed until I cried. <laughs> all right. We're going to have a... We're going to have a mother's love a poem by... 
uh, Trevor Bridgewater. And then uh, following that, we're going to have another clip uh, on the mature advice of CBC mothers. Okay, so let's have Trevor at this time. Morning. A Mother's Love by Helen Steiner Rice. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It is made of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish, and enduring come what may, for nothing can destroy it or take that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaken, and it never fails or falters even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing when the world around condemns, and it glows with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It is far beyond defining. It defies all explanation, and it still remains a secret like the mysteries of creation. A many-splendid miracle man cannot understand, and another wondrous evidence of God's tender guiding hand. How has your relationship with Christ impacted the way you raised your children? Um, my dear Sonny and myself always put a lot of time into them. Their dad was a Sunday school teacher for about 30 years and always made sure they went to Sunday school with him on Sunday morning. And I always met them for church. It enabled me to be the mother to them that I needed to be to live a life in front of them that they could be proud of and take us examples in their walk of life. I was drawn closer to the Lord as a result of it, and I continued uh, to memorize the scripture and to be praying all the time and remembering to take everything to God in prayer because he always answers in his special and holy time. Well, being a Christian, I wanted, first of all, to see each one of them come to know Christ in a personal way. And then, uh, not only to know Him, but to live for Him and walk with Him. If you could do it all over again, is there anything you would change about your experience as a mother? No. No, there's nothing much really that I would like to change, except that I probably would have them all attend a Christian school. I think I'd have more patience <laughs> and probably be just a little more lenient. I was a pretty um, uh, strong-willed mother, but uh, uh, I thank God that uh, they all still love me and uh, uh, respect me. What advice would you give to young women out there contemplating motherhood? Well, one of the most important things, if you could be a stay-at-home mom. I was blessed in that respect, that I was home with my children, carried them to school, picked them up, made sure they did their homework. and It's very important if you, if you can manage it. I was able to manage it. To seek the Lord in everything that they do, to put him first and ask him for guidance, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to give their children what they need. And because it's very difficult today, but with God, we can accomplish all things.
to make sure that they love God and um, as they get older to be sure that they attend the house of God and to go to Sunday school where they can hear and learn more about the Christ that we love. To love their husbands and children with all their heart and never to stop praying for them and to train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it. First of all, they need to know Christ and to have a personal relationship with Him and then to put Him first in their lives, in their home and just teach their children the Word of God and uh, use the Word of God as a guidebook to um, raising their children and to um, let the Word of God become real in their lives and to be a vital part of their lives. Okay, let's put our hands together as we thank our Calvary mothers for that good, sound, solid advice. A word to the wise is sufficient. Amen? Uh, we're going to ask Rudy to come and uh, pray for the offering at this time as we prepare to take the offering and also Brother Anton to lead us in an offertory song. Thank you, Brother Randy, and good morning, church, and especially the women, uh, the special Mother's Day blessing to all the women. You know, just to think about before I start, Brother Randy, if you'd allow me, I uh, just wonder why Jesus, after his burial, you know, um, the scriptures decided that the women would be the first to see Jesus after, you know, his resurrection. That's a powerful thought to me, and I uh, just hope you women would think about that today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, just want to thank you for the opportunity to first to come into your presence, for access into your presence. I confess my sins before I yield this prayer up to you, Father. And I just ask that you would bless this entire church, receive the offerings, Lord. Um, be so thankful for those who, some of us have more jobs than one and can provide more. Some of us have one job, but let's still you provide and you meet our every need. So, Father, we just want to thank you. And, and as the scripture says, let's give with a joyful heart, putting something aside each week, each month, wherever you get paid, and, and to continue the work of Christ here on earth. So, Father, we just want to thank you and be cognizant, cognizant, cognizant of this fact that when we give, we give into God as a form of worship. So, Father, just thank you once again. May, this, may you receive this offering and it be a sweet, silent savor in your nostrils. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. A virtuous woman who can find. Thank God for the blessings of motherhood today. Would you please stand as we give to the Lord and as we sing this song? We are so blessed by the gifts from your hand. I just can't understand why you've loved us so much. We are so blessed. We just can't find a way. All the words that can say. When we're empty, you fill us till we overflow. When we're hungry, 
on and on today, thanking him for all of his blessings. Amen. You may be seated. Big wide for Mama. What a big boy you are. What a big boy you are. <laughs> okay. Now we can't go to church with jelly all over our face, can we? Hmm? Oh my, oh my goodness. What are you doing with that snake? You go put that snake back in the hole right now. Buddy, yeah. Way to go. All right, buddy. Hey. Oh, oh, buddy. You okay? You right? Come here. It's okay. It's okay. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord's my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord. Hey, Mom. Mommy needs just a minute. Please. Hey, Mom. I think you look pretty no matter what. Even when your hair looks really weird. Right there. And come right back. Over here, honey. Oh, I was here. It's okay. Oh, you're okay. Oh, thank you. Stop it. Mom? Dad? I asked Beth to marry me. Well, what'd she say? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the family. I'm so happy for you. Hey, Mom. Where's that grandbaby? Nice to see you. Oh, nice to see you, oh. Yeah, nice to see you too. Hey, Mom. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. You did great. What's that? The children. 
You did really great. I always knew you'd be a good dad. But you did really. Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> of course you are. Come sit with me. You know, I was thinking just the other day about what a wonderful mom you are. I mean, God, God really blessed me with a great lady. You're... You're my mom. You've always been there for me. <laughs> Even when I didn't want you to be. <laughs> and nobody ever believed in me like you do. Thank you. I love you, Mom. And I love you, son. Okay, we thank Wilfred and the Drama Ministry for that presentation. Uh, we come to the part in our service now where we would like to hear from you, the mothers, as we ask you to share your favorite memory of mom. And we're going to begin with a poem uh, by Sister Ann Roberts. Could someone give Ann a mic, please? Ann is going to read a poem entitled, A Letter to My Mother. My birth mother, Thelma Wells, had 11 children. She cooked delicious meals for us, washed all the dishes, washed our clothes by hand on a washboard, pressed them, and cleaned the house. She did all this for us until we were old enough to help her. Mom often took us to the grocery store with her on a Saturday, a favorite pastime for spending all day at the beach on holidays. Mom would fix up all kinds of favorite Bahamian foods, and we would load it up in a tin tub to take with us. My surrogate mom, Dot Simmons, is my oldest sister. She helped to raise us from a young age. She saw that we attended church at Central Gospel Chapel after she got saved. She also saw that we had fun times throughout our growing life at times supplied our clothes and shoes and helped with bills for the house as well. We want to thank both of them for what they have done for me. I love both of them and look forward to seeing my birth mother in heaven when I get there. Good morning. It's a pleasure to talk about my mother. She passed away two years ago. And I feel like there's a void in me. Something has been taken out that I can't replace. But of course, being a mother myself now and being joined by my grandchildren, it feels it a little bit. But my mother was an excellent mother, caring, loving, 
chastising. She was the one who beat in family, not my father. She was the one who always, you know, anything happened, she was the one with the belt. <laughs> she was the one you had to fear. <laughs> she was the one who was going to scold you. She was going to want you have to do this. Teaching you manners. Be a lady. Put your back up straight. All of those kind of things. But also giving you good advice about life and how to love one another and tre- how to treat people. So I'll always remember my mother fondly. As I say, we miss her daily. If you have your mother here today, continue to cherish her because life is fleeting. And even if they died 110, we still miss them. <laughs> so they are forever friends. And I let my mother's memory continue on through my grandchildren. I constantly tell them about her. They know all the pictures. They know who she is. And we'll continue to do that. So she'll forever be with me. I have a lot of her and me. They say I look a lot like her. But the training that she's giving us is being passed down to these grandchildren. And hopefully, if I'm around for the great-grand, it'll be the same. I cherished my mother. I still cherish her. I still love her. Thank you. Good morning. I have so many memories of mom who's here with me and my sister today. But, and I think I've shared this before, the one that I absolutely cannot forget is when I was probably 12. Yeah, I think it was 12, and I stole some money from her and went and bought a nice brand new bicycle. Oh, I was so happy. I bought the bike and I snuck it in the back of the yard and tried to hide it. Somehow mom found out the next day. And of course, she asked me where I got this bicycle from, where I got the money from. I can't even remember the lie I I told her. But she made me, she went with me back to, I think it was Christine and Johnny's old store, took the bicycle back, got the money back. First, she riled the the cashier for selling it to a 12-year-old boy. (laughs) And then we went home. And mom beat me from 3 o'clock that evening till 3 the next evening. And listen, here's the important part. I haven't stolen a penny since from nobody. Right? Um, And I I just, I'll never forget it. Made such a, a... a dramatic impact in my life. You can't buy me to steal. You can't pay me to steal. <laughs> right? So I want to thank mom so much. Uh, you should know that he told her that I stole the money. Initially. <laughs> Initially. Because she's older than me, you see. So just want to thank mom so much. For, she raised me and my sister herself um, and did a tremendous job. We're just so thankful that she's still with us. But I can't forget that beating. I can still feel it. <laughs> Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all of y'all. I would like to say happy Mother's Day to my grand aunt. She has passed away a couple months ago. And for those of y'all who have mothers out there in any way or form, she was the ground in my life. She taught me about Christ, about living this life, walking it and going through it through the grace of God. And... When she, before she passed on, I remember just laying next to her. She was 80, 84 years old. And I was going through some trials and tribulation. And she was just laying there. And I wanted to tell her so bad what I'm going through. But I didn't want to upset her because of her heart. And somehow she knew what I was going through because she turned over and she looked at me. And she said, don't worry, God's going to deal with that. And I just, just break down crying. And she asked me a question. She said, she said, can you break iron? And I'm looking at her and I'm like, break iron? 
And she said, as long as you have Christ, you can break iron with your little finger. Anything out there, whatever it is that you need in this life, God will grant it to you as long as you follow his will. So thank you, mothers out there, for doing what my granddad did for me. Amen. Morning, it's me again. My favorite and most memorable memory of my mom is, she, she knows, and um, we, when we were living in the States, we used to do a lot of traveling on the road. And I remember one time we were coming back from a field trip because we were homeschooled, and she saw some peaches at a vendor on the side of the road, and they were really, really cheap. So what she did, she decided that she wants to get these peaches. So she reversed off the interstate, people in the United States, the interstate, and goes back for these peaches. And I will never forget that as long as I live. And that's my favorite memory of my mom. Good morning. My name is Shadwell Enfield. My mother is Betty Ann Enfield. My mother, she has been very good to me. Uh, there's been challenges at times, but one of the fondest memories I have of my mother is her fidelity. You know, um, my dad was the first person she went with, and they got married. And when I was trying to uh, seduce a cousin or something like that, she told me, she pulled me away from that. And, you know, uh, fidelity is something that I think that is very uh, needed. Uh, I have been having challenges. I'm a single man. I've been having challenges. I'm 37 years old. I've been having challenges as, as a 37-year-old man. But my mother's ready on the side of me. And I'm thinking of her strong will to be disciplined. And I'm trying to do the same. Amen. I'm visiting here. Um, I attended this church many, many years ago. I left here at 33. I had a wonderful mom. Always stayed home. She was always there. She was the memory one. After I moved to Canada, she remembered all the birthdays of my grands, my children, my grands. Now I have great grands too. And um, I, I, she passed away at the age of 74 in 1993. And I came down for her funeral. And now I'm back here now to bury my dad with my dear mom at St. Matthew's. And um, it's really a sad time for me. And um, I'm glad to be at this church. And I'm glad to be here. And happy Mother's Day to everyone. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to all your mothers out here and to the grandmothers. As you all may have realized, um, quite recently I lost my mom and <clears throat> she was a funny mom and you know when you love somebody and you love them so much that you sacrifice for them enough to give your daughter up she, she came here in 1985 because my husband had an opportunity to go to Harvard University and I had just hurt my back and he wasn't going to go to Harvard anymore because he thought he needed to be home with me. I said, no, I don't want you to miss the opportunity to go to Harvard. And so he t sent for mom. Mom had a little business, but she sold it and she took on, t 
took herself on this plane to come all the way here. And you know, mommies are so funny, they don't know the language, but the love of a mother is so absolutely, doesn't need a language. She was in Miami waiting to come to Nassau. I don't know how she managed to communicate with this person who supposedly was Bahamian. She, she spoke to him. Eventually, the person called Michael and said, your mother-in-law is Miami. She said she have a son in the telephone company and her daughter worked at the hospital. <laughs> and sure enough, it's one of uh, Andrea's cousins, one of the Munning sisters. <laughs> That's how mom was. And she came here. And you should see both of them in the garden with Michael. She would speak in her language and Michael would speak in English. And all I see is these signs going up, pants, you know, gestations. But language of love, you don't need a, a language. It's universally spoken because of how you behave with each other. My mom was a very resourceful woman. You give her four, chop, four pork chops and send the whole army of people to her house and she can feed them all. I don't know how she does it, but she can do it. She never worked one day in her life outside the house. And yet my dad used to say, if you want any money, go to your mother. <laughs> she practiced stewardship. And, and I remember when she sent me to England, she, you know, she was a Hindu. She took me to the temple and sold me to the goddess. And for 47 years, she's fasted for me every Monday. And I'm a little girl who's been eating everything every day. Whereas she fasted for me till the last Monday that she died. So she's just an awesome lady. She was loving to her children. She was loving to her family. And she always worshipped. But I was trying to teach her about my God. And every day I used to call and say, Mom, are you reading the little book that we sent you? She said, yes, I'm reading it. But you know, I hope that when she closed the eyes, that she did go and call on God's name, Jesus. Because that is the best thing I want for my children, my grandchildren, that they know their God. You know, that's the best gift anybody can give me, you know, for Mother's Day or for any other day. Thank you. A happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers in the church today. Just a little minute or two I wish to share with the church. Um, May 18th, 1981, at 8.15 a.m. That was the morning that my mom went to meet a maker. 32 years later, I still think of her um, as if she's that passed away yesterday as a hard-working, ambitious woman who made it possible for us and always encouraged us uh, to do the right things in life. And as I walk about and I see sometimes, you know, young adults, kids, whatever, our adults, we tend to mistreat our parents, neglect them, and uh, that's not right. Just as a child, like God has loaned a child to us for a period, embrace your parents, love them, share them, nature them, nurture them. I love my mom, and as I look here today, I wish that my mother was here physically, even though she's with me or with me. Um, 
I thank God for all of the memories that uh, I have of her. And in life, uh, she was known as Lady. That's the way she conducted herself. And in the prime of her life at age 44, as I indicated, as she left this world. I'm 46. And I look to see my mother one day. Each day I look in the uh, entertainment center at home. And I look at her every day. Sometimes I say, good morning, mom, and I get up in the morning or in the afternoon. I love her and I miss her that much. She meant that much to me. So for you, um, persons here, and by extension, outside, love your mothers. Embrace them. Be respectful to them. And they will love you and take care of you. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you all for sharing the precious moments that you've had of your mother. And uh, we trust, Lord, uh, that uh, you would continue to reflect on those moments. Uh, right now, we're going to have the men's choir. And uh, following that, we will observe a moment of silence uh, for the mothers who have gone on to be with the Lord, who are no longer with us, as Brother Craig knows, uh, comes to bring the word following that. The men's choir.
morning. Good morning. Good morning again. Glad you had the opportunity to hear the first Calvary Men's Choir in preparation for their continuing ministry. Amen? Amen. Yeah, that's, that's a statement of faith. Let's take a few minutes silence to remember those mothers who have gone on and give thanks with a few minutes of silence. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for those who have gone on, the mothers who have given and are now in heaven rejoicing. We pray for those who remain, who have been the beneficiaries of their tireless effort, their love, their investment in their lives. We pray, Father God, that they would demonstrate their thankfulness by being children who live up to the aspirations and the investment of their mothers. May their lives bring honor and glory to your name, which I believe is the prayer of all mothers. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is Mother's Day, and we came here briefly to to spend a few times, a few minutes in God's Word, just encouraging the mothers at Calvary Bible Church. The text I'm going to use is probably not going to be considered a Mother's Day text. If you turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Verses 6 through 10 speaks of sowing and reaping. And verses, verse 7 says in particular, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are the household of faith. Let's commit this time unto the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is spirit and it is life. As it goes forth this morning, we pray that you would speak to all of our hearts. But I pray especially that it be an encouragement to the mothers, that they would continue in well-doing, knowing, Father God, that your word shall come to pass. And so we thank you again for this opportunity. May your will be accomplished in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at society today, when we look at this text, the text speaks to the principle of sowing and reaping. And I know there are those of us here who believe in this principle, and I do believe that all of us here would adhere to the principle of sowing and reaping, as is outlined in the text. Now this text speaks specifically with regard to an issue that was happening in the Galatian church. But this morning I want to use it in application to the mother's. 
Society is sowing the seeds of liberty, promiscuity, and we're seeing the reaping. We're reaping a harvest of, of crime. We're reaping a harvest of a lack of discipline, confusion. Children who are living lives that are not in line with the society's values and definitely not in line with God's values. And some mothers themselves are, are frustrated. You invest the time and energy into your child's life. You put the thought and you work hard and you, you pray and you persevere. And sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's disheartening. I mean, you don't see your children going the direction you think they should go in. You feel lost. You feel that there's no progress in their lives. And you wonder if your child will become another one of the statistics of society. You're concerned and you're disheartened. But this morning I want to offer a word of encouragement from you. From verse 9. Verse 9 in Galatians chapter 6 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not grow weary. Let us not lose heart. Let us not grow weary. Let's not become mentally and spiritually tired or weary. Let's not give up all hope of accomplishing the goal. Even though you don't see any indication. Don't lose heart. Don't give up in doing good. The text says, in doing good or continuing doing good. As a mother, it is difficult sometimes. I, I, I wouldn't know. I'm not a mother. But I have to go based on what my wife and others have said. It is difficult. It is tiring. It is hard work. It requires perseverance and endurance in dealing with the challenges of motherhood. But the text says, please, mothers, don't lose heart. Don't give up. When you look at your children, sometimes it may be frustrating. Don't give up. Don't give in. Continue to persevere. Don't get tired. I believe that it's difficult but we have to rely on the principles of God's word. We have to trust that what God says in his word is true. And the question is to you as mothers today, do you believe God's word is true? Do you believe that what God says in his word will come to pass? Do you believe that if you continue to sow, if you continue to invest in your child's life, if you continue to persevere, that you will see the rewards and the fruits of your labor. The text says, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you don't faint. We have to believe that if you take the time to invest in your child's life, you'll see the results. Weary in well-doing. And the question is, what is the, the good that you're doing as a mother? When I look at a lot of the examples this morning, and one of the things that really stood out to me <clears throat> was a mother who said the primary goal, the primary objective was seeing their children come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. That was 
something that she wanted to reap, the primary objective. We want to invest in our children's lives, but what do we want to see? What do we want to see? What do we want to reap? And based on what we want to reap, it determines what we want to sow. This text speaks to that sowing. What are we sowing in the lives of our children? Mothers. Our children need to see a good and godly example. They need to see the fruit of the Spirit manifested in the lives of their mothers. Are we sowing the love and the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control? Are our children seeing these seeds demonstrated in our lives? And I believe if they see them, I believe if we do this good, Scripture will be fulfilled. We will see the results and the fruits of our labor. But I don't think it's just what we do, it's also what we say. What are the words that are coming out of our mouths when it comes to our children? What are we encouraging them with? What are we speaking to them about? Are we talking to them about the things of God? Is that what our primary focus is? What are the seeds that we're sowing in our children's lives if we want to see the good fruit in their lives? And mothers, don't be wary. In due season, for some mothers, that season will not be in this lifetime. Some mothers will sow the seeds in their children's lives and may not see the fruit of their labor in their lives. But the text says, in due season, in God's appropriate time, in due season, you will reap if you don't faint. What is the harvest that you want to see? And if you want to see that harvest, you need to plant those seeds. You need to not go weary. Once again, I say it's hard. It is challenging. But I want to encourage you as a mother that God's word is true. God is faithful. He will reward the effort, the energy, and the time that you put in. I think of a mother today, and thought I was going to use her as an example. Marissa is at home right now with Jude. Right now he had a, <clears throat> a vomiting spell. And so she, looking out for him, stayed home to spend that time. That's an investment. That's a seed that is being sown in his life. He's seeing his mother who is committed, spending that time with him, investing. And even though she may not necessarily see that tomorrow or see the results of that next year, so those are the things that, as I listen to the stories in the audience, those are the things that have made a difference. Those beatings that lasted from 3 p.m. to 3, 8, 3 p.m. the next day, those are the things that made the difference. That mother sowed that seed of discipline and now you see a son who can't be paid to steal. She is now reaping what she sowed. You hear the other stories of mothers who have taken the time to be there for their children. You've heard the stories of the mothers who stayed home with their children. You've heard those stories. And those of mothers who have sown the seeds and are now in this audience 
reaping the benefits. Because the word of God says, don't be weary. In due season, some mothers have gone on to be with the Lord. And their, husbands, their sons are testifying of their goodness even after they've gone on. Those are the reapings that the mothers are seeing, even in their absence. Don't go weary. It's hard work. I want to conclude. This does not mean that it's not tiring work. It does not mean it's not hard. And sometimes it can get frustrating. But I want to encourage you with one final passage of scripture. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Mothers, continue to sow those good seeds. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not for his honor and for his glory. Amen. Thank you, Brother Craig, for those encouraging words, timely words, reminding us that we cannot reap what we did not sow. Okay, we thank you all for coming today, and uh, we trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged uh, as we honored our mothers today. Let's pause now as we close in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are grateful that you have blessed us with mothers, and uh, your heart have been demonstrated through the compassion and the concern and the caring of the mothers that we have in our lives. We ask your blessings upon our mothers today as they leave and spend time with family and friends and children. We pray, O oh Lord, that they would be pampered and uh, that they would be grateful for the opportunity that you have given them uh, to experience the miracle of birth and to rear up their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. May they indeed reap the benefits that they have sown in their lives. We pray now, Lord, that as we leave, we pray that we would, you would bless us with your ben blessed benediction. Pray that you would take us to our homes in peace and safety. For this we ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.